If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm Jordan Harbinger. The Art of Charm brings together the best coaches in the industry to teach you guys how to crush it in life, love, and at work. Imagine having a mix of experienced mentors teaching you their expertise, packing decades of research, testing, and tough lessons into a concise curriculum. We've created one of the premier men's lifestyle programs available anywhere, and it's free. This is the show we wish we had a decade ago. This show is about you, and we're here to help you become the best man you can be in every area of your life. Make sure to stay up to date with everything going on here and get some killer free ebooks as well as drills and exercises that'll help you become more charismatic and confident by signing up for the newsletter at theartofcharm.com. If you're new to the show but you want to know more about what we teach here at The Art of Charm, listen to the toolbox at theartofcharmpodcast.com/toolbox. That's where you'll get the fundamentals of dating and attraction such as body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, all that stuff that's more important than you might think. We've got boot camps running every single month here in California. Details at theartofcharm.com, and I'm looking forward to meeting all of you guys here at The Art of Charm. Enjoy. All right, guys, welcome. And this one starts off a little scattered, but it is fun. It goes deep quick. We are talking with my friend Jordan Gray. Don't get confused by the two Jordans. There can be only one. We're going to talk about what men have been led to believe women want in a relationship versus what they actually need. And uh, we're also going to be talking about something called feedback in five words, which is going to help you in every area of your relationship, especially with sex, which I know you guys are all interested in. We're also going to talk about why waiting behind self-optimization is a fallacy when it comes to finding your significant other. In other words, those guys who are like, which might even be you, I'll start dating you know, once I'm healthier, once I have my business in order, and why that's not actually a workable strategy. We're also going to talk about why investing in your love life is the greatest thing you can do for your health and wealth and happiness how to get your woman to open up sexually and emotionally, how to give your partner consistent praise and appreciation, how to tell her and talk to her about what you'd like about her looks, personality, and character. A lot of guys are really surprisingly bad at this. We're also gonna talk about letting your partner see every side of you, how you should never stop dating your partner, and, and how you guys can apply the advice of being intentional about your love life in all of your relationships and make everyone in your life feel and seem appreciated, not just your partner. And last but not least, cutting out habits from your life that you know aren't serving you. Talking about porn, bad food, dating women you don't see a future with, and replacing them with habits that your grandchildren would be proud to know that you've accomplished in your life. This is a great show, so enjoy this one with Jordan Gray. Right before we do kick things off, though, I do want to read a quick iTunes review from Jack L., also in Melbourne, Australia. A lot of Australians hitting the iTunes music store some of the skills I've learned from the podcast have been invaluable in my personal development throughout my early 20s. The host, Jordan, is extremely insightful and genuine, and the guests on the show are excellent. I strongly recommend this podcast to anyone who's interested in improving themselves, which should be everyone. 
I agree with you, Jack. On all counts, I am extremely insightful. No, but honestly, this should be something that everybody is into. Unfortunately, some people don't care, but I really appreciate the review in iTunes. And guys, if you want to get a free product from me, definitely go into iTunes, write a review. Don't just click the rating. Send me a quick screenshot. If you're on a Mac, you can use Grab, or you can just tell me what you typed, and when it shows up in iTunes, let me know which country's music store, and I'll send you a free copy of our book or something else that'll make you smile. So really appreciate it, guys. Now enjoy this show with Jordan Gray. Hey, Jordan. Hey, what's up, man? Not too much. So so Jordan Gray, relationship expert here at The Art of Charm. Why do you hate the word expert so much? I actually hate it too. I think it's one of those things like entrepreneur, when people are like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm like, nah, you use that word, which means you're probably not really an entrepreneur because <laughs> nobody yeah. says that. At least, no, exactly. At least in my circles, if you say you're an entrepreneur, you sound like a huge D-bag. And usually people are like, I run a business with some friends or I run an, a commerce business or whatever kind of coaching business that you run. But whenever anyone's like, I'm an entrepreneur or serial entrepreneur, I'm like, okay, Elon Musk, what have you done? You know? Exactly. It just, it sounds like a mask. It's like, if you're actually an entrepreneur, you would just have said what you actually do right. and not the outer layer of it. Right. So expert for me is different because I feel like expert, kind of like guru is just laden with ego. And there's just this like subtext of finality to it. As in like, oh, I'm an expert. I've arrived. I know everything there is to know. And I'm flawless at this. And I just don't believe in that for a second. I think every person, no matter what their age or how many years of schooling they studied anything for, everyone's an eternal student. And we're all still learning. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because like PR people will argue that you have to put that in your bios and yeah. stuff. So it's there in some of our materials and people are like, Jordan Harbinger, relationship expert. And I'm like, you know, let's just let's just not do that right now. Um, yeah. And uh, it, it is true. You're right. It is that outer layer. It's uh, it's the same thing, again, with, like with entrepreneurs. Whenever – I've got a lot of friends who are entrepreneurs. They always ask me for money because they can't pay their rent. <laughs> um, you right. know, they are hurting big time. And Just like the experts ask you for relationship advice. <laughs> yes, exactly. A dating expert usually means some guy who's read a lot of ebooks and has been on a forum for three years but had exactly. mostly, single the, mostly single the entire time. Yeah, exactly. Expert level at – pick up artistry or whatever, you know, weird thing. And it's it's funny because you've been doing this for so long, but you stayed under the radar for a long time. I mean, you've been doing this for six years. You've got over a thousand clients. And uh, the way that you learned it, or at least the way that your bio says you learned it is really interesting because it says that when you were seven, you were talking with girls while your friends were showing off and like, you know, pushing each other off of high objects to impress the girls. You were chatting with girls. Yeah, definitely. It's always one of the first questions that I get, uh, usually from from women, is, you know, what... What qualifies uh, you to do that? What qualifies you, and how did you get into it? And for me, it was never like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur, and this is just an accessible thing. It's just always been who I am. And yeah, that, that story is a prime example. When I was seven years old, all my male friends were playing basketball to impress the girls. I was the only one who would sit on the sidelines and just talk with them, because I truly found that infinitely more interesting than, you know, jockeying for status or running the fastest. I was like, if they're trying to impress the girls, why don't I just go and learn from the girls what they like? And yeah, I've been, you know, serial monogamous since I was 11, 12 years old. <laughs> I just, I love love and I've always had relationships front of mind. That's great. It, it's funny because I'm, I'm guessing you're also kind of sucked at basketball. So you're like, you know what, I'm going to, or if you're like me, you sucked at basketball uh, and you're yeah. like, I'm going to compete on a level that I know I can become the best at. <laughs> Instead of being like, crap, I'm, I stopped growing and Tommy didn't. 
And that's actually, it's like twice as painful for me because I've always been the tallest kid. Like at every age, I'm currently six foot seven. And even before I left elementary school, like grade six, grade seven, I was already six feet. And so to suck at basketball was just like salt in the wound. You know what? I'm so getting off the court. It's such a painful experience. People must see you all the time and be like, wow, you're really tall, man. Do you play basketball? And you're like, only on Nintendo, baby. <laughs> only on Nintendo. I get that question every day that I'm in public. Like, <laughs> since I've been seven years old, they're like, oh, you must play basketball. I'm like, I hate basketball. Yeah, yeah. I play it as in I have trading cards and NBA Jam was my jam back in the day. But other than that, not I've really. i Space Jam with Michael Jordan at least a dozen times. <laughs> yeah. Does that qualify? Oh, my God. That sucks. Yeah. I'm Luckily, I'm short and I don't have to put up with all that no Um, no. you're under the radar (laughs) literally all right you've got some books that came out and stuff on amazon that kicked butt and rather than like go through the whole bio route i'd just love to talk about anybody listening to the show is obviously interested in growing and learning but i guess your big mention or your big value add or like your focal point at least that what we talked about prior to the show was that guys need to be intentional about growth especially in their current relationships Divorce rates getting higher and higher. What does it even mean to be intentional? It sounds like one of those woo-woo words that people are like, you need to meditate on your on your presence or whatever. And I'm like, shut up, go home. You Dude, inhabit your masculine and just drop into the current moment. It's like, yes, what are you crap. saying? Yeah, I was like, I don't think he'd do that to me. And I don't think that the person who introduced us would do that to me because no. they know that like when I have a guy like that on my show, I'm like, Oh, um, I can't hear you. My connection's bad. Let's reschedule for never and go home and never talk again because yeah. I, that stuff doesn't mean anything to me. And it sure as hell doesn't mean anything to the guy who's like in a, the beginning of trying to figure out why his relationship failed or mm-hmm. why women are not interested in him. Like dropping into a, your masculine. I meet these guys all the time up here in San Francisco who are like, yeah. you know, I'm really working on a lot of this. I go to XYZ. Uh, thing for relationships and we're really talking about like stepping into the masculine and I'm like how's that working out for you and what does that mean and what do you do on a daily basis to do that and they're like you know I just I just focus on on like um you know what's in alignment with my um you know core purpose purpose, exactly and I'm like cool what's your core purpose and how do you make sure things are in alignment with that and if you ask enough questions they're just like I have no idea. Yeah, I'm hungry. I got to go or whatever, you know, like I'd love to I'm talk go more to later. Now. Yeah, yeah. Chipotle, you know, get a chocolate burger. But it's it's like it's it really is sad because you just realize and unfortunately then they realize they've been totally sold a bill of goods by some self-help guru who's like laughing his way to the bank on his yoga mat floor apartment here in SF or Berkeley and is like, yeah, I'm helping guys step into their masculine. What does that mean? And when I get those people on the show and they can't explain it, I'm like, get out of here. GTFO, man. No, totally. And that's the thing. It's like the majority of men that I meet get 15, 20 pages into a David Data book. And they're like, I think there might be value here, but I don't know what he's saying for any of this. And there's just, there's no actionable steps. So it's like, this isn't really helping anyone. Yeah, I read that book like six, seven years ago. And I was like, either this is the coolest thing ever or it's a bunch of crap. I'm still like 50-50 on that. But the thing is, is it's not for beginners either. And that's not explained anywhere because the last thing you want to do is cut out beginners who spend lots of money and say that, oh, yeah, this stuff is way over your head. You go, no, you, you don't get it. Oh, you need to come to a seminar and learn from the master himself, and I've been you trying to... be upsold. To, upsold, yes. You must be upsold to become enlightened. <laughs> it's funny because I've tried to get guys like that on the show. His seven layers of people are like, he doesn't do interviews. And I'm like, 
That's interesting because Barack Obama does interviews, but yeah. you won't do interviews. Barack Why? Obama was just on Funny or Die. Or he I was know. on Zach Galifianakis. He's like, he's accessible. He's yeah. getting out there. He's on Between Two Ferns, but you won't come on yeah. anything. It's like, <laughs> you're not that busy. And I'm not going to make you look bad on purpose. I will let you do that if that's where you are with your material. If you want to reach a large audience and you've got one of your own, that's fine. But there, I'm always so suspicious when somebody is like, I'm a guru and an expert in this area, but I will only talk to people who already get it. Totally. It's like, wait a minute. You can't convince anybody about your message. You'll only talk to people who, quote, unquote, get it already. Why is that? A.K.A. who are already pounding your Kool-Aid. Yeah, exactly. If you have to have 10 shots of the moon juice to be able to comprehend what we're saying, I got to ask because it's like those religious documentaries, and I'll get off the soapbox in a second, but it's like those religious documentaries where they film a bunch of kids. Have you seen this? It's called Jesus Camp. Yeah. One of the kids is like, I don't know if I believe in all this. And all his friends are like, we can't hang out with you anymore, and you can't go to camp, and you yeah. can't be a part of the family anymore. And he's like... You're out of the cult. Right. And he's all, oh, just kidding. I... I don't know. I, I get it. Yeah, because he just wanted his friends thinker. back. He just wanted his friends back. Yeah. And it was so clear in the film. And I just felt bad for him because that was like his one moment of clarity that he's going to have like in, in in that decade long period. Yeah. And he's going to be those that 40 year old guy who like realizes that his whole life has been a sham and he's just done it because of social pressure and like hates everyone. Yeah, and then he'll have that realization again in therapy in his 40s. Yeah, exactly. After he pays thousands of dollars to get back to that root cause. Exactly. Yeah, right, exactly. Hopefully he hires you. <laughs> but okay, I didn't mean to throw you under the bus like I threw uh, all those other pseudo-gurus. But I, I love the fact that you hate the word guru slash expert because I also hate it. Whenever people say guru, I'm like, dude, I've That's met like gurus and they are way more <laughs> intelligent uh, spiritually than me. I stay away from spirituality here at The Art of Charm. We stay away from it at boot camps. It's just too touchy. Yeah. It's too metaphysical. It's too airy. And Intangible, inaccessible. Yes, exactly. Intangible, inaccessible. And honestly, I don't know if I get it. Yeah. I'm not going to try to teach it. I don't even get it yet. Maybe in 10 years, the show will be all about spirituality. And the last 10 years of episodes will be about my journey to find that or whatever. But in the meantime, I'm not going to pretend like I know it. Hey, here's half an idea that I picked up from a series of books that this retreat told me to take on. I'm teaching this now. Where did you learn it? Uh, I went to this really cool seminar at the YMCA last Sunday. And there were tons rad. of gurus. It was totally <laughs> worth it. Exactly. Why should guys invest in their relationships at all? Because here's the thing that frustrated me back when I started learning this stuff. I would try to tell my friends about it, and they'd go, dude, you don't need that stuff. Everybody gets married. Wow. I, it, right? So not true. Yeah, not First true. Of First of all, not true. And also, what's the divorce rate again? Like half? Yeah, a bit more than half. So, yeah, everybody gets married. And so, hmm, okay, well, this is like the most important decision you'll make in your life is like the mother of your children. So leaving it to chance is basically the dumbest thing you could possibly do. And even on top of that, like I've, I've read different stats between like 50 to 56% of marriages and a divorce and not only that, but just like the 80-20 rule applies to almost everything in life, a lot of those divorces actually come from the minority of people that keep getting divorced. So it's even lower likelihood that you will end up married. So when someone's like, oh, everyone gets married, it's like, yeah, but A, to who? Are you just going to take any partner because that's unintentional and unattractive? And does anyone want to be the partner that you just settled for? Because, hey, someone told me that I had to get married at some point, so might as well be you. Right. You're right. I have heard that as well. Where And I haven't done the math because I hate math and I avoid it like the plague. But essentially, it's you're right. It does skew a little bit because 
there's people that get married five times and they're included in the stats as essentially a separate marriage slash separate person for the purpose of the stat. You end up going, oh, everyone gets married. And it's like, no, less than half or something like that get married. And then those people, of course, who are married five times are also divorced like five times. So shame inducing too. It's like when people throw around dogma like that, like, oh, everyone gets married or everyone has their soulmate or partner out there. The people that have been trying desperately for decades and haven't found anyone that they're even remotely happy with are like, really? Like, you're really going to throw that in my face that everyone gets married because I must be extra messing up. It's almost like when you're teaching anything and you say, oh, don't worry, it's really easy. If Uh someone succeeds, then they feel like they didn't really accomplish much because you said it was easy. If they don't get it right, then they feel even stupider because you framed it as easy. Yeah, good point. Just lose-lose. Everyone gets married. Oh, you're 40 and you're still single and you probably can't have kids anymore? Oh... Anyway, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. have you tried match.com? Anyway, mm, this salad looks yummy, (laughs) you know, uh, unplug. (laughs) I hear you. I think it is definitely time is the most scarce resource that we have. So you definitely want to make relationship as amazing as possible in the most efficient way possible. I'm all about that. The other thing that we discussed is why guys should stop watching porn, which is something that I did not so recently, but I did that, and actually it's pretty easy. Oh wait, you can't do it? Oh. Right, (laughs) just use a site blocker. Oh, you disabled the site blocker? Oh. Oh, you have a hardcore addiction and you can't have sex without it? No, but honestly, that's a whole show in itself, and I did a show with, I wanna say Gary Wilson from Your Brain on Porn, if you're familiar. That stuff shocked me, because the fact that there's guys under 30 that have erectile dysfunction, And like teenagers that I've read about on the internet, like 19-year-old kids are like, I can't get it up for my girlfriend. Do I have a hormone problem? And then they go to the doctor and like, bad news, I don't have a hormone problem. It's something else that's going to be much harder to correct. Yeah, it's psychological. It's porn addiction. You can go to like the subreddit, no fap and no porn. And there are just like hundreds of thousands of people under 30 years old, they're like, yeah, I have rampant erectile dysfunction because I've been watching even like an hour of porn a day can just mess up your brain so much. It's like cocaine compared to nutrition is porn compared to actual intimacy. Like it's just so overstimulating for our brains. And, you know, our mindset just hasn't caught up to that being a reality. You can click through hundreds of beautiful sexually available women and you can be like, you know what? I want blonde next. And you can get that in five seconds with high speed internet. You know, when guys have their one static partner in front of them and they can't get it up because usually they have a hundred women in front of them, they're like, hey, why isn't it working? Yeah, it's right. It's You can go through Gary Wilson's little explanation. We can move on. For guys that are curious, can find this in our show notes. I'll link up that show. But the basic thesis is when you're an evolving man and you're like a caveman mode, you had a handful of sexual partners in your whole life, if you were lucky, really. Yeah. And now you can have that whole lifetime of sexual experiences that we've evolved to essentially be able to have. And you can have it in like seven minutes, yeah. or 10 minutes or something. And a diversity that no one could have had in evolution. Like, yeah, even ev- the richest kings, it just wasn't an option. Right. Like he would have had to have women imported from the seven seas. And even then he'd be like, but I really just wanted a midget. <laughs> you know, <or> <laughs> right. <laughs> this isn't the Bukaki scene I asked for. Yeah. You mean you've traveled to Persia and you brought me, oh, she's a little bit fat. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like whatever. It really is like cocaine at the end of the day. I, luckily, I don't do cocaine. I just like the way it smells. Um, really? No. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. 
But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people, because they're all gonna give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash charm. Just go to indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, let's get back to the show. Now, one of the key points that you and I really wanted to harp on is what men have been led to believe women want in a relationship versus what they actually need. Because I know that until I had a bunch of relationship experience, I had no idea about a woman's needs in a relationship. I assume that I got bad knowledge from somewhere, but I don't even know now. But I'm, I guarantee you there are guys listening that have no idea and are probably full of head trash. Oh, yeah. Tons of just totally backwards messaging from, you know, Parents, family, society, media, culture, friends growing up. One of the biggest points is that I feel like men and women are kind of shamed away from giving the things that each other actually need the most. So women are raised with a lot of slut shaming, which is basically, you know, do everything possible to avoid seeming easy. And, you know, I've been coaching full time for six years. I have yet to have a male client be like, oh man, my wife just gets turned on too easily and she always just jumps me and wants to have sex. Like that's just never an issue. They're never like, oh, she's so easy. Those guys don't usually seek out coaching for that problem. In fact, even if that were a problem, I know guys that are like, this is gonna sound weird, man, but my girlfriend is a nymphomaniac and it's not cool. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're like, I can't keep up. I feel emasculated. I'm late for stuff. You know, she's really like got problems. I'm worried she's going to cheat on me because she like can't control herself. Oh, there goes the last 30 years of me being like, oh, nympho, awesome, you know, or whatever that everyone thinks. It's, it's true. You're right. Women don't do that. And guys don't necessarily do that. No. And even if they want to do that, the female partner relationship, even if she wants to, she's been shamed away from initiating and from leading sexually or even like wanting that. So. 
that was the women's side. For guys, any male listening to this will not find this surprising in the slightest. We're raised from a very young age to, you know, not show emotions, not to be vulnerable, not to show ourselves and take off our mask. That's another thing that women often crave the most. And from all my female clients, that's by far in the top three. Like he doesn't really show me himself. Like I, he's around me when he's in a good mood or when business is going well, but he just retreats into himself and away from me and doesn't let me help him when he's feeling down. And so it's just so backwards that that's what they most desperately want is that I won't say presence to get the woo territory, but no, that's that, all good. That's that, that part. That's a real word that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Presence, authenticity, the realness of I'm feeling kind of shitty right now and I'm going to let you see that. But guys are just so raised to hide anything that feels like weakness from their partners. And so it's just like a mutual stalemate. What each person has is their greatest gift to give their partner they've been told is just keep away from them at all costs. Interesting. So women are afraid to be more sexual because they feel like they'll be considered a slut and their value will go down in the eyes of their partner, which is funny because men would love that most of the time. And men are afraid to show emotion because they're, no big surprise, we're told it's weakness or shown that it's weakness or shown that being vulnerable is somehow undesirable and that's what women crave the most. So you're right. We're literally covering half of our face, and yet it's the half that our partner is most desperate to see. Exactly. So what can we do about that? I mean, it's like, wah, wah. yep, thanks for playing. <laughs> thanks for coming on the show, man. You'll never have a fulfilling relationship. I'm sorry. Yeah. End of story. So for women, I think it's definitely important to realize that there's no shame or negativity or that it won't necessarily be received poorly if you initiate sex more or even tell your partner, like, hey, I like something like this. And I think that a key component of that is some guys do feel emasculated or they feel like they're being told they're doing things wrong. If the woman goes into like too much detail and like, here's where you're messing up and I'd rather you do this and they like lay out just paragraphs of detail. I think one of the best things you can do during sex, whether you're a man or a woman, is to give feedback in less than five words. You know, saying things like softer or put me where you want. Things that are like short little sound bites, not... Here's a ton of feedback that can make you feel like I'm telling you, you know, the short story that's forming in my mind of how you're not a very good lover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That could be pretty brutal. Yeah. And then on the man side, just realizing that, you know, letting her see the cracks in your armor. I think that's a really important thing that I've heard other podcasts that talk about being alpha and always being just like completely infallible and unshakable. And I think that's actually really unattractive and kind of untrustworthy to most quality women. Sure. And, you know, I think that the strongest kings and like, you know, warriors of all human history, they're not the people that show up to the war and have flawless, you know, perfectly buffed up armor. They're the people that can show up to the war with visible cracks in their armor. And if anything, like point them out and be like, yeah, like, here's my weak spot. Take your best shot. Uh, I forget what the show was called. The Tudors? That's one of them. I was going to say it's something like the Tudors. Pretty sure it's the Tudors. There's a scene where these guys like storm into the king's palace and they're taking siege and fucking shit up. And they come into where the king is in terms of the classic cliche. He's sitting on his all on his big high throne and there's like 20 guards surrounding him. And the guy comes in and basically challenges him to a duel or wants to be the king or whatever. And instead of the 20 guards swarming in and protecting him, the king just walks straight up to the leader with the sword, takes off his armor, 
and just like two feet away from him just stares directly into his soul and basically just walked through all of those protective mechanisms and is like, here I am. And I think that's a really good overarching analogy for how men can show up in their relationships compared to how they expect that they should. They're like, oh, I need to never let her see me sweat and always look infallible. There's way more strength in being like, here are the cracks in my armor. And, you know, here's what I'm struggling with right now. Work's not going well, or I feel like I'm failing you in this way. And actually bringing those conversations and bringing that honesty to your relationship. Yeah, you don't have to do it in public. You can do it when you're laying on your side in bed at nighttime before you have sex and just being as authentic and honest as possible yeah, whenever d- possible. Don't do it on Facebook is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Don't poke her and say, we need to talk, lols. Yeah. Yeah. I feel emasculated. Sad face. No, it's true that we do talk about the alpha beta difference and, and also what real alpha, quote unquote, I hate that term too, speaking yeah. of hating terms, uh, what it means because a lot of guys, especially on the internet, who are clearly not really alpha or in relationships that are valid or are not healthy, they, yeah. they teach things like, yeah, you gotta be tough, never show that you, da 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 da. Yeah, never cry, never shed a tear. It's such baloney because that is such a facade that a smart, intelligent woman will go, oh, well, he's obviously overcompensating for not just a big, soft interior, but something that's wrong that doesn't let him open up because it's like a dam at that point. You know, you let a little yeah. crack show and the whole thing falls apart. That's what these fake or faux alpha guys, as I call it, that's what their problem is. But when you get these guys who are legitimately so strong that they don't mind showing a little bit of vulnerability because it won't be their undoing, those are the true alpha guys. Like you talk to these really wealthy guys or these really badass athlete guys or guys at the top of their field and you'll go, you know, hey man, what are you working on right now? Like if you're friends with them or, or something, they'll be like, man, you know, I just feel like no matter how hard I try, no matter how hard I compete, there's always going to be somebody better and it's, it's nags at me and it motivates me, but I can't help but think, you know, my time in this career is limited and it's, it's freaking me out a little. And you're like, holy crap. You know, Lance Armstrong just said that or whoever, right? right? And and you just have this whole new level of respect because not only can you relate to them, but you know that that's a universal human truth and they're not afraid to show you. And the sort of subtext is they can show you where the crack is in the armor and you still can't pierce it. Right. It's like, yeah, it's right here. Please just look right into it. And you're like, wow, you had the strength and courage to not only not bury it, but let me in and see it. That's amazing. Yeah. And if you do that with your partner you're going to see a whole new level of trust. Often in those moments when you feel like, oh, she's going to like hate this, this will be so unattractive or needy or just bad, it's often right after you've verbalized that truth that often the women already know because they're just crazy intuitive. Once that plug has kind of been pulled out of the dam, there's a weird rush of sexual energy. And because like you've had that moment of realness, like I have so many clients they are like, I brought out that thing that I was afraid to bring up. And we just had like amazing sex right afterwards. What's, what's that about? I'm like, well, you took out like a barrier between you. You felt like you saw each other more. And so your sexual energy was just like, yeah, this one, charge at them. I totally was guilty of this 10 years ago, pretty much. Jeez. Basically, there was this thing where I thought, okay, I'm going to read every ebook on the subject and like every psychology book that I can find and watch all of the DVDs on body language or whatever. And at the time, there was probably only a dozen because this is 2003 or something like that. And like, there was no pickup artist, anything. There was no dating coaches that weren't just matchmakers like that didn't exist. 
what it did is for six or eight months or something, I consumed a bunch of information. And then when I finally ran out of stuff and was like looking at forums and I realized those guys were doing the same thing, I was like, oh crap, I'm one of these guys. So I started to go out and uh, apply this stuff. And I was like, oh my God, I just learned more in like a week than I did in the last eight months because I was applying it. But there is this sort of fallacy where everybody's waiting behind, as you call it, self-optimization, which is a beautiful term. It's not just guys reading it. When I'm richer and I'm, I'm more stable, then I'll try to find a girl. Or, you know, once I'm in great shape, then I'll start going after what I want and, and the girls that I want. And, you know, once I start to get this handled and my business is off the ground, then I'll have time for this. And what I've realized, just getting straight up older, I'm 34 now, I'm not old, but I realize that if I keep waiting, I'm never going to do it because I'm always building a business. I'm always working on myself. What am I actually waiting for? It's never the perfect time. It's just like people waiting to start a business. Relationships aside, people go, I can't start a business right now because I'm really working on this and this and this and this and this. And I'm like, I've got to pay rent. I've got these things in the way. It's like, if you want it, you'll figure it out. The fear doesn't overcome you, which I think is the major impediment as well. But here's the problem, right? I ask them this all the time. I go, okay, cool, so you don't want to start a business now. Are you just going to wait until you're married and have kids? Do you think you'll be in a better position then? And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, okay, so you're going to get everything settled with your business here in the next few years, and then you're going to have another couple of years where you go out and try to find uh, a girlfriend because you don't want to wait too long for that, and then you're going to grow your you know, business or this or that, and you're going to have a family. Where does all this fit in on the timeline? Because you end up with like, I do this with my coaching clients. They'll have like an 80-year timeline after that, and they're like, I thought that was going to be like two years, and I'm like, not a chance, dude. Totally. I think this all comes back to like the balance of striving versus contentment. Like, yeah, it's in our nature to want to to build and grow and improve, and you know, self-development is very addictive. But after a certain point, like you were saying with the relationship and pickup materials, it's just mental masturbation. And if your brain just yeah. becomes this huge library of information and on the scale of education versus experience, you know, you've massively self-educated, but put like barely a sliver into practice, then when you go out and approach your first woman, you just get totally bogged down because your brain's like, oh yeah, do these 80 things all at once. <laughs> yeah. and, and like, make sure that your foot's pointing this way and that your tonality isn't too low status and all this stuff that just totally, you know, gums up your mental process. It's addictive to kind of hide behind that, like, oh, yeah, I'll, you know, once my business is really kicking it or once I lose 20 pounds, then I'll start looking for a girlfriend because the kind of girlfriend that I want, she wouldn't date a blank guy like me, a chubby guy like me, a poor guy like me, someone that doesn't have, you know, a thriving seven-figure business. There's so many self-deceptions and fallacies in that it's ridiculous, like, a, if you were really meeting a quality woman, wouldn't she be able to see through whatever your current state is and yes. see your potential? Like, I know a lot of women that would say that a guy who's in second year med school, to them, it's the exact same thing as someone who's already a doctor. You know, aside from the yes. difference in age, it's like, he's on his way. He is that person already in my mind. I don't care if he has the banking out to prove it. He just, he is that guy. You know what, that's a, that's a great segue because I was literally about to bring up, there's actually a study and I wish that I could find it. I've been looking for it to no avail. And if you guys are listening and you know how to find studies easily, please send this to me. Uh, but I talked about this years ago on the show when I was still, I think, still in law school. And there's actual science. This isn't just something that the Jordans here, you and I, have made up. There's yeah. actual science behind the fact that women do measure potential 
just as they measure current status. So you're right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Second year med equals doctor. It's like a biological thing as well. Somebody who has the potential to be a high earner, a potential to be a good provider, potential to be a good father, those are all things that women consider. It's all subconscious as well. That's really amazing because what that means is if you're a go-getter, even if you have no business and you're still in school and you're broke, if you're showing the signs that show that you're able and capable of achieving what you've set out to achieve, Mm. you don't have to be at the destination yet in order to get the type of woman who is going to be paired up with that type of guy. Yeah, not even close. And even like, you know, further polarize and put it into man language, like we don't need to see, like if we're going on a first, second, third date with a woman that we're really into, we don't need to see them like nurturing actual children for us to see and feel the characteristics of, wow, she seems really level-headed and patient and nurturing and loving. We see these things, you know, not that these are the only things that matter in a partner, but we see these things and our brains are already unconsciously being like, wow, she would be an amazing mom. Even though we didn't see her interacting with children, we still feel that when we're around her. Yeah, you can see somebody playing with a cat and be like, oh, she's she's got that, she's nurturing. And you can, and if guys don't believe me, think of the last time you saw a woman who was like, get out of here and like, you know, chased a dog away or Ugh, when a kid was nearby or like, oh, they're so loud. And, and that like that feeling you get in your gut where you're like, yeah, you're like, oh, not that one. Yeah. That kid came up and was like, hi. And you thought it was cute. And she was like, oh, so annoying. You're she like, cringed. oh, next. Yeah, totally. And it's true. We all do this very subconsciously. So guys, don't freak out if you're 25. You're not a millionaire yet, but you want to date a girl who's got her shit together you don't have to already be at the destination. I think that's so key. I wish I'd realized that 10 years ago. Yeah, totally. I also think there's an element of courage there. Like you were saying, what's the fear? It's really easy to hide behind that. Oh, like one day when I'm this, then I'll be ready. But I think that, you know, it's really easy to hide behind when I'm perfect, then I'll find them. But again, most high quality women that I know, not only do they not want to get you when you're perfect, they actually feel cheated if they meet you when you're perfect, because they don't trust it. They, didn't, they weren't there to help you along in your journey. And like they weren't able to give you that support, encouragement, nurturing energy, and seeing you before you were the superhero that you are today. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Why does our love life and investing in our love life rub off, for lack of a better word, on our health? Well, ha- obviously, happiness is contained in there too. But you, you've got a great theory slash thesis that investing in your love life actually is the greatest thing you can do for your health and wealth and other areas of your life that usually guys focus on before they focus on their love life like we just talked about. It's so integral. One of my favorite things to like favorite exercises to do with my clients who are primarily entrepreneurs or, you know, self-employed people is, you know, think back over the last 12 months of your life and ballpark in your brain at how many books or how many courses or how many things you've done to up your knowledge of business, whether it's copywriting or marketing or whatever your industry is, how many books you've read on wealth building compared to how many books you've read on like relationship management or what makes a thriving marriage happen. And, you know, usually it's at least a 10 to 1 or 20 to 1 scenario. In my opinion, nothing affects everything in your life as much as your relationship. Like I ran into a client a couple of days ago who said in every moment in a man's life, he's either chasing money or women. And whenever he's chasing one, the other one's decreasing. 
And I didn't believe in that for a second. I was like, okay, that's such a fallacy. That's saying that if you are investing some of your time, even like 20% of your time in your relationship, then that must mean that that's money that's being taken away from your bank account or taken away from your business's revenue. And if anything, I think a quality woman, a quality partner would, you know, lead a guy to a place of contentment and to give him that emotional nurturing and energy that would improve his business's bottom line, not lead him away and be a distraction and, oh, curse you woman, you're taking me away from my business's growth. But they actually help and encourage that business's growth by helping him be much more who he is. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. So, look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, let's get back to the good stuff. We talked about this a little bit earlier in the show as well, kind of opening up as a, as a man and being a little bit more vulnerable. How do we open up our woman sexually and emotionally? How do we get that side of her mask off? One of the biggest things, again, that I feel like men are generally, especially guys that have studied attraction or pick up at any point in their life, is that guys don't praise or verbally appreciate their women nearly as much as they're looking for. And, you know, I think in early days pickup, there was this whole thing about, you know, negging or like if you compliment a woman either too early or at all, then you're giving away your power. And it just, it's so backwards. It numbs my brain <laughs> because it's like, that's such a scarcity mindset. I feel like if, if telling a woman that she's beautiful or that you love, you know, this about her character or personality, if just saying that one thing decreases your power that much, then maybe you're not a very powerful guy. Like maybe you don't have much emotional energy to throw around if that's going to deplete your emotional bank account. Yeah, that's a great point. And so, yeah, I think being being intentional, being conscious of how often you tell your woman exactly what you love about her, whether it's something as simple as like, fuck, your hips just kill me. I want to chew them 24-7. You know, I really love how you center and ground me or you really bring me back to a place of contentment in our relationship, or I love that you support me in this way, or I notice these small things, and just letting them know frequently that you have a positive effect on me, and I want you to see and hear that. What if we feel weird doing that? And you know what I mean, right? Weird as in like, I'm just not as much of an expressive person. Yeah, and... like that, weird means a lot, right? But you know what I mean when guys are like, I don't know. They're like, they're either not an expressive person, they don't know what they would say, or excuse would be, I don't know. It just seems strange to say that. What they mean is it's outside the comfort zone. Yeah. And the current paradigm of their relationship where they don't say that stuff. Yeah. If you want to do it non-verbally, you can always show it just in terms of the praise. You can just show in the way that you look at her or act around her. Basically, the thing about like complimenting her physically is just reminding her, like, I see you as an attractive sexual being. And when there's too much communication or intimacy, then passion and desire kind of minimizes. So if you want to, you know, have more of that wanting versus having mindset in a relationship, then doing things like, you know, she's doing the dishes, coming up behind her and like biting her neck or grabbing her ass or just reminding her, I see you as a woman and you fucking turn me on. So you can do it completely non-verbally. 
Ah, that's good. So guys can do that and almost, I hate to give guys ways out and not take the risk, but I think once guys try this, they'll go, oh, she likes it. I don't have to worry about her being like, what are you doing? Unless yeah. she's really immature, right? Yeah, totally. And why is this important? Obviously, there's a legit easy answer to this, but why is it important to open up our woman sexually and emotionally? Like, why can't we just let her get there on her own or just kind of deal with what she's, how she is now? I think each partner in a healthy relationship really helps open the other person. So yeah, she can definitely get there 80% of the way on her own. But I think everyone needs that kind of support and encouragement to see that, hey, like you can show me the full spectrum of your sexuality and you'll still be safe. I'm not going to judge you or think, oh, that's like, that's too slutty or dirty or good girls don't do that. And I think just like with anything in life, the more you show that you can handle, the more responsibility or the more you know, of the energy you'll be given. You know, a lot of guys, especially been married for longer than 10 years, one of their most consistent complaints is we don't have sex often enough. And if we do, you know, somewhat have enough sex, she definitely doesn't initiate it. And I want to feel her wanting that. So by opening her emotionally and sexually through praise or through, you know, acts of service or through grabbing her ass and growling in her ear while she's doing the dishes, then yeah, if that gets her to a place where she's initiating sex more and is more intimate with you, then I don't know many men that would turn that down. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think it's great, you know, give her consistent praise and appreciation. Be specific about what you like about her looks, her personality, or character, right? Yeah, exactly. So instead of just being like, you're great, you know, you got to like really find something specific. Is that important? Yeah, definitely. The more you personalize it, the more it sounds like you didn't just read it out of a a women's magazine and be like, oh, yeah. 20 things women love to hear. Okay, copy and paste. I'll say this to her. Yeah, just cut and paste. Better yet, just link the article and be like, agree. <laughs> be like, I clicked like on this <laughs> on Facebook, babe. Here you go. This means that it resonates with my mindset about you. Right, exactly. Do the math, babe. Do the math. Um, and one more, one more kind of like backdoor step into that for guys that feel kind of uncomfortable with this. Because yeah, it is out of a lot of guys' comfort zones. Um, a lot of the pressure, I think just like dirty talk for a lot of guys is I just don't know what to say or how I would say it. So yes. I often recommend like taking the downtime away from her, you know, whether you're just like writing it in the notepad on your iPhone or physically writing it on a piece of paper, taking the time to be like, what is it that I really love about her? What really turns me on about her? And like setting aside that space, you know, writing out 10 things and then picking your one or two favorites and being like, okay. I'm going to say one of these over the next couple of days and just, you know, just test it, see how she responds. And make sure her name is at the top because if she finds it, her <laughs> imagination is going to run wild and not what a good is way. This? <laughs> yeah. It, uh, you know, we have to have a talk. I found something. Who's asked you, love? Oh, that baby, that's about you. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. You've you never, never told me, told me that, that before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, it's this thing I'm writing. No, baby, uh, baby, do you know what a podcast is? You got to check this <laughs> thing out. <laughs> There were these two Jordans, I swear it happened. Yeah, fa fast forward like 40 minutes or something like that in there, and it's in there. No, baby, baby, please. <laughs> right? Yeah, put her name at the top, save yourself a lot of trouble. <laughs> put it in your Good phone call. notes or something. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that's a great move, though. I like that. You kind of write it out, rehearse it. It's going to sound stupid, but otherwise, because in the moment when it's time to say it, you might chicken out. If you already have it somewhat pre-rehearsed in your mind, it's like, yeah, I think this one could work. And honestly, it's pretty hard to fall flat complimenting your wife or your girlfriend. What do you mean I'm gorgeous? What does that mean? If that happens, that's actually a good indication that there's something else really wrong that also needs addressing and fixing. Yeah.
Exactly. Marriage counseling at that point. If you're like, you know, I really missed you today. Why? Because the house is dirty. You got to really you might have to fight through some baggage there uh, if you haven't really been rocking the open communication for a long time. That, that sounded painfully real. Were you speaking from personal experience there? You know, I've been in a lot of crap relationships. Yeah. Right. But the current one is great. But yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. I shouldn't say bad relationships, but I've seen a bunch. I mean, I've coached thousands of guys at the Art of Charm for sure. And, you know, watched a lot of movies and also, yeah, I've been in relationships with women that are immature or too mature or all of passive aggressive. Yeah, of course. So, sure, you, you know, you say something like that's an important point, right? Everybody filters communication through their current emotional state. So yeah. sometimes it's not even that your relationship is in the crapper. It's that she had a hard day at work and you go, babe, you know, I can't wait till you come home. And she's like, why? Because you got some crap to dump on me too? And, you know, because she just got in a fight with her boss or something. Right. And you're like, uh, no. Are you implying I, you weren't excited to see me the last five nights in a row? Yeah, sometimes it's just you can't win. But other times there's an underlying issue. So that's a conflict management tip, right? Like when that happens, don't be like, no, what's your problem? God, I'm trying to be nice. You're such a bitch you know you, you go whoa what happened is everything yeah, okay today you, you don't address the surface or the logic right. of the statement be like okay what's beneath that what's actually happening here right when you have snot gushing down your nose you can plug it with a kleenex but if you've got a bullet hole in your chest you don't go hey does anybody have any scotch tape i gotta plug this hole up man <laughs> you know what it might need duct tape it's kind of bleeding badly yeah hey do, is it coming out the other side too because if it is like would you mind giving me a hand with that yeah you really need to address the actual cause and not the symptom when you get reactions like that. That's a little pro tip for finding out if there's something else wrong, right? One of the things that we talked about a lot in in previous shows that I think always bears repeating is never stop dating your partner. And there'll be guys who are like, oh, I appreciate what you do, but you know, I'm married, bro. I don't really need this. And I'm like, yeah. uh-huh. I bet your wife would not say that. Totally. No matter how long the female's been in that I'm that I tell them relationship coach and they're like, Thank you. I'm glad that like someone is talking to men about this yes. because they don't get the same level of, you know, relationship dogma. They don't grow up reading Shadley and her 17 magazine like women are, you know, much more encouraged to do. Right. Young and modern. Remember that? I used to steal those because I thought they were amazing. I haven't heard of that one. Young and but modern. It's in America. Are you Canadian? Yeah. Yeah. So it was like some magazine for, I don't know, girls that are probably like 12 to 15 or something. And there was right. always like, stories about like, how to tell if a guy likes you and like, you know, stuff like that. It was really, it was called YM. Yeah. And I used to like jack those things from girls and be like, can I uh, borrow this? And then I got laughed at for that. So I was like, fuck you. I'm stealing it now. So I used right. to take it from my friend, Sarah. And she'd be like, she eventually, she kind of caught me. And then she was like, okay, well, instead of that, why don't you just come over when I get the new one? And I'm like, Okay, just don't tell anyone because I'm like 14, 15 years old right. and I'm reading Young and Modern, you know, because Cosmo is too mature, which says a lot about how I was at that age. Yeah. And you're reading these stories and stuff and you're like, oh, my God, that is how I am when I like a chick. I do offer to carry her books for her or whatever. And I'm like, they're on to us, right? There's um, a lot of truth in here. How do I get a subscription without it being delivered to my house? Right, exactly. Exactly. Thank God for the web now. You kids have it easy. But uh Never stop dating your partner. Key point. I mean, key, key point that, like we were just saying, a lot of guys just refuse to acknowledge they need to do. I'm married. I'm good. Oh, really? Because she took her wedding ring off when we were at the bar last night, and I never heard about you. So just saying. Right. It's so integral. I think that, you know, on a few different levels, there's even the point of, you know, we don't value what we don't work for. 
And so even just by the sheer commitment and consistency, like the more you invest in your relationship, whether that's, you know, time, energy, resources, whatever, the more you actually put energy into it, the more you actually like her. Like day to day, if, if you're complacent and you haven't gone on a date outside of the house in over a month, then, you know, a piece of your mind might start going, am I really happy in this relationship? Like, do I really get a lot of emotional fulfillment out of it? Whereas if you're putting in a couple hours, you know, every week, every other week to make something special and to like create those memories constantly and keeping that relationship at like a constant simmer, then you'll actually like your partner a lot more along the way. So like everyone wins. Yeah, that's interesting. It actually has a better effect on you. It's not just communicating that you're happy to be with them. It's also helping you grow with them, which is interesting. Yeah, I think another way that that shows itself is how a lot of guys talk about their partners when they're just hanging out with the guys. And this is something that I bring up in my coaching sessions that it's so important, even if your three closest guy friends, if they are the kind of people to at least somewhat trash talk their partners when it's just guy time, like, oh, she was like bugging me about this. We haven't had sex much lately you know, whatever the, the complaint is, it's so important to not just be a sheep and go along with that. Because even if you don't really believe in what you're saying, we you just want to fit in and you say like, oh yeah, my girlfriend's been doing this lately. Like it's really cheating yourself out of liking her. And it also just feels shitty. Like you feel your integrity draining out of you as you're, you know, even somewhat trash talking your partner. Just like no one wins that situation. That is a really good point. You end up poisoning yourself, your own well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wow. You're like, ah, do I even like need to drink from this well? Maybe it's the wrong well for me. Whether you believe in you know what you could trash talk about or not, it's just it's so damaging on so many levels to even engage in that. It's like the porn thing. It affects how you yeah. see women and also how you relate to them. Because guys think they're just Completely. watching it and it's like a shortcut to sex, but it's not. It's rewiring your brain. Yeah, exactly. It's forming new neural pathways in your mind. Right. And you can do that in good ways. Or you can do it in bad ways. And as I talk about with my friend James Cleary, you know, you're always building a habit, whether it's a good habit yeah. or a bad habit, you practice things and you get good at them. It doesn't matter whether or not it's something that you're intentionally practicing or not. Exactly. You get better at whatever you're doing in every moment, whether that choice is waking up and, you know, sleeping in for an extra half hour and hitting the snooze button, you're getting better at that. I'm really good at that, by the way. I am very good at that. At that, you are an expert. I'm a guru at hitting the snooze button. <laughs> Amazing. But you're right. It is It is very true. Uh, there's a monk named Dandapani, I want to say. I, I'm going from memory, so I might be wrong there. And I'm going to interview him as well. But one of the things that him and I were talking about before was it's like what you're saying. You have to be intentional because if you're not, your subconscious is driving. And that, that doesn't really have your best interest in mind like ever. Not at all. It has survival and efficiency in mind in a lot of ways. And so... If you're not being intentional, then things are just happening to you, and that's what's creating the neural pathways, and that's what you're getting good at. So there's a lot of people who are really good at whining about why they don't have what they want in life, and they've created that by just sort of letting everybody else drive. Exactly. I think that's where things like The Secret go overboard, where it's like, oh, like you're putting out that energy, and then you're getting more of that energy. It's like, I get what you're going towards, but yeah, in every moment, if you're doing certain actions, you're getting really good at those actions, and that brings you consistently worse and worse results, or better and better, depending on what the habit is. Yeah, hopefully better and better, exactly. Yeah. Guys need to go out there and, and realize that action is really the key, and being intentional is really the key, like we mentioned. It's great, as we and I talked about before the show, to mentally masturbate about self-help and relationships, but really what you do 
especially behind closed doors when nobody's watching, no pun intended <laughs> with the porn yeah. thing, is actually what's most important. And, you know, showing your partner that you care, letting them in, continually putting in just as much effort into your love life as you do towards your working out or your business and things like that, which we are all guilty of a little imbalance there. I certainly am. My girlfriend all the time is like, can you set aside some time for me this weekend? And I'm like, oh my God, I've been working for 18 straight days. Totally. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that, you know, Mark Zuckerberg in his clause before he got married to his wife is that there was a clause in their like marriage contract that said, I think it was, you have to give me at least 90 minutes of like distractions free, no cell phones, no work talk, like just us time every single week. And if a guy that's operating on that level with, you know, 6,000 plus employees who's running Facebook, which everyone's heard of, if he can prioritize weekly relationship time, anyone can do it. Anyone can put time aside, no matter how crazy their work week or crazy their social schedule is. And 90 minutes a week is not that much time at all. It really isn't. But for a guy who's the youngest billionaire in the world and that if Facebook goes down, like world thoughts just grind to a halt, right? So People like, be like, how, how do I meet up with friends in the real world now? Where do I put this cat picture? I don't think you understand how many cat pictures need to go out right now. Yeah, I, I agree. If he can, and it's so brilliant that got put in there. A lot of people are like, oh my God, his wife put that in there. Honestly, it was probably him because he's like, listen, shareholders are going to be riding me about everything. If I tell them I literally have to do this by law, it'll get me out of a lot of crap I don't want to do. So I think it worked in both ways because I know that there's things that I have in my Art of Charm contract that I don't want to talk about on the show that are also very, very good for me when it comes to things like that. And it's very much in the same vein uh, as well that has to do with you know making sure that relationships are prioritized, where assets go if I croak so that nobody knocks me off when the when we really take off as well. Right. So it's uh, it's definitely a nice outlet. I think that's brilliant. Like that protective moat around the castle. It's like, oh, sorry, can't hang out. I've got the got the moat protecting me from you. Exactly. I'll throw one of the things out there, which I think hopefully Jenny already knows about. If not, I, I'm probably going to get in trouble after this airs. But one of the things is we have to have prenups in our marriage contracts that don't allow assets to flow from the business to the spouse in any event, no matter what. There's just a life insurance payout. And the reason behind that is imagine one of us, God forbid, marries somebody or or just ends up with some situation where they've got a crazy ex or somebody just wants that extra leverage. We all have to pay the price if yeah. that happens, if they got voting rights in our, because we're a, we're an S-Corp, right? They're shareholders. They can vote. And we're like, that's the absolute worst situation we could end up in. Totally. We basically mandated that, like, no matter what, even if you die in a fiery crash, all the shares go back to us, and then your surviving spouse just gets money. And yeah, that makes sense. So I think maybe there was a little bit of that going in there. I don't even know how the hell we got on that morbid-ass topic. In case everyone is murdered in the most murdery <laughs> way possible. Right, in case Jordan Gray's like, I've got one competitor that needs to go. Yes, there can be only one, Jordan. <laughs> so anyway, where can guys find you and talk about being you know, more authentic and in the moment and present and woo-woo? They can learn from my expert guru self. Yes. At, uh, the main hub is jordangrayconsulting.com. Gray is G-R-A-Y. Which, unfortunately, Fifty Shades of Gray has now popularized the E-Y, so now I have to tell people the difference. Ah, oh, man. Yep. Oh, well. 
It could be worse. Yeah. Fifty Shades of Romance. Fifty Shades of that. Oh, goodness. Well, luckily, your middle name isn't Fifty Shades, or you'd be in deep trouble. Or at least I don't admit to it publicly. Right, right, yeah. That's your rapper name. Fifty, 50 Shades, shades of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And we'll be linking up your books. Uh, the old Amazon links will be in the show notes as well. Thanks so much, man. This has been super solid, and I thought it was excellent. I'm sure we're going to get a ton of feedback about it. And uh, great work. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, show feedback and guest suggestions. We rely on you guys to help keep our finger on the pulse. So if you know someone who's a good fit for the show, let us know at jordanh at theartofcharm.com. Boot camp details for our live programs also at theartofcharm.com, and that's where you're going to find links to us on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media as well. If you're listening to this but you're not subscribed in iTunes or Stitcher or something like that, then that needs to change. Getting our shows delivered free to your phone or computer is the best way to make sure you don't miss a thing. You can do that by going to iTunes and searching for the Art of Charm podcast or by going to theartofcharm.com slash iTunes and clicking subscribe. That's really it. And you guys can help us. Subscribe in iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Write something nice and we will love you forever. Just go to iTunes.com slash theartofcharm and it'll take you right there. When you write us a review, it not only makes us feel proud, but it helps keep us up in the ranks so that other people who can use this information can find the show more easily to get the credible advice that they need. It's also the best way to support the show other than purchasing products and training from us. So tell your friends because the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else either in person or shared on the web. Now have a great week. Go out there and get social and leave everything better than you found it.